0: on this episode of
1: why watch that i said ref what do you think about me doing a podcast she was like yeah why not And i was like well do you want to do it with me <laughs> <laughs>
0: and i was like ah. but when it was time for me to be on set i had to trust all of that and play the moment ah. and listeners oh my gosh what a performance you know we've talked about the feud
1: Look, we got Manny Petikin, who, if he starts walking, he's going somewhere. I know nowhere. (laughs) And he's the kind of person, if you're in the subway in New York and he's walking, you would turn around and walk with him. You think there's an emergency. (laughs) Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic
0: and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover
1: the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer? Expect the unexpected from the critic
0: Well, nothing gets past the ref We do all the work So you don't have to Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. That Presented by Dynamic Network Why Watch That Insider Hey there listeners, oh my goodness Hey there ref
1: Hey, Critic, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. You know, I I know what this segment's about, so I'm I'm really excited. I can feel my heart throbbing.
0: Ooh, (laughs) no contented. You know what, listeners, what we decided to do this segment is revisit who we are as Why Watch That. Uh And uh, some of you have heard the story of how this came to be. And we'll revisit that. And also, you've heard the story of how we upgraded to what we call "Why Watch That" two point oh. Why
1: Watch That radio, right?
0: Radio. Ooh. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna take a quick trollop tro- tro- down the lane. <laughs> 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 a little bit. Uh, so let's let's start with who we are as Why Watch That. Most of you know that both of us are. Performers, we've been in front of the camera, we've been behind the camera, we've created the stories that go on the camera or stage. Um, we've been trained in all of those things, but little do they know how we decided to do the show. So, critic, do you remember those first days uh, yeah, where we, where we just sort of, <laughs> we decided to do this, yes, or even, I- yeah. <laughs>
1: I remember those days vividly because I really didn't want to do it. (laughs) Look, this is what happened. The producer, the ref, separately, not together, separately came to the critic, me, and said, hey, you know, you should do a blog. I think that's how it started. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm not writing anything. I have other things to do. (laughs) Thank you. So then the producer was like, well, do a podcast. And I was That gave me pause. I came back to the ref. I said, ref, what do you think about me doing a podcast? She was like, yeah, why not? And I was like, well, do you want to do it with me?
0: (laughs) And I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I was like, because I was thinking to myself, I'm not doing this alone. If the ref doesn't agree, I'm not going to do it. So then the three of us get together and we work through it. We think about, well, what's the name going to be? What's our perspective? How do we fit? And once we came up with the name, then that actually informed how we were going to do the show. Yeah, yeah. So our guiding uh, light is always the title. Why watch that? Because you know I can be crazy. I'll speak for myself. I can be crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we didn't want. That's why I'm the ref. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. And we didn't want it to be okay. You know, the critic comes in and bashes every single thing. How can we do this? Plus, you know, these are colleagues of ours. We are in this industry. How are we going to handle it? Um, You know, how are we going to be honest and not, you know, be completely vile?
0: (laughs) uh, There's been um, and then we also listen to a lot of other of our other peers, other critics and things and their take on the different movies and televisions and performances and the new digital surge and all those things. And it can get very, very, um, like if you had an iPad, you know how you zoom in on yeah. something? It can get so very detailed that we would understand it. But for us, we wanted to appeal to you listeners, the average person or maybe the, the movie buff who really doesn't have a lot of time Mm-hmm. to sift through all of the media and the content that's, like, screaming at, for your attention,
1: really. Well, no then, one has time to sift no, through all of that. No, one.
0: Nobody no does. One. So then we just kind of lock the critic up in a room and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I was already watching a lot. This at least doubled what I was watching. At least.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So
1: I'm the one watching all of this stuff. And, you know, we even, Ref, when we talk to our fellow colleagues in the industry doing criticism. You know, we say, yeah, we do film and TV. And they look at us like we are from the planet Mars. <laughs> like,
0: really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's doing that?
0: Nobody wants to do that because that's a lot of time and commitment. But the second part of the conversation is, okay, so we're why watch that? What is it that we are conveying? Well, we're both performers and we both have a, a performance training and background. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you know, I've morphed into more or less um, content creation. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's another aspect of it. But at the end of the day, everything that's out there, listeners, critic, it's somebody's watching it. Even if it's stuff that there's a lot, like everybody knows I'm not a horror genre person. I like nice thrillers. I like my horror is like Ghost Six Sense. That's about as much <laughs> that as that. I know, but there's some. <laughs> it's about as. I don't like a lot of gore. I loved Get Out, but there wasn't gore. You know, I, I just I, I'm. I have a particular palette. So when I'm reviewing a a show that I know that is not my thing, I have to approach it like, well, who would this be for? Mm-hmm. Who would watch this? And, should, and when I say at the end of the day, if it's a movie, are you going to pay $15 for it? I'm going to tell you whether or not you should pay $15 for it. Not that I'm bashing it or even not that I'm co signing it. I'm just saying if you love a great comet, a woke uh, horror film, get out. It's for you, you know, or, or something along those lines. And I know you do the same.
1: Well, yeah, I have to. This, you know, it's changed the way that I watch things. Uh, it's not just about me. I you know, we do watch it going, Okay, why? And and if we can answer that question in any way, we will. If we can't, which is rare, we'll have to say, Look, we can't come up with any reason why. <laughs> other than if you like just watch movies. Right. <laughs> A television show. And in certain cases, we just don't talk about those things. No, we don't (laughs) go review it. Because there's nothing constructive to say. So, you know, if if you're new to the Why Watch That radio experience... You're
0: welcome here.
1: (laughs) We we are definitely trying to figure out why for all of these shows and movies, regardless of what we think. Now, we're going to tell you what we think, too.
0: Oh, yes, definitely, because that is... That's, you have to you have to understand why we're saying you should watch it mm-hmm. <laughs> from our perspective I, I we're definitely gonna tell you what we think but at the end of the day we're gonna tell you why you should watch that did
1: you know part one Ref! yes yes <laughs> I me I have a did oh. you know yes you've been hogging the spotlight. I'm, back. <laughs> I'm such a hog. <laughs> so here's the question. Which actress okay. refused to return to an iconic 80s TV show oh, gosh. without a pay raise? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. She said, you won't give me more money. And as a result, she missed the first episode of this show's fifth season. Now, keep in mind that the season before, it ended on a cliffhanger where it would have allowed the creators to just kill off this actress's character period they didn't need to bring her back but they did bring her back with more money okay who is this actress
0: okay oh that's a lot let me hold on give me a second
1: Uh, all right
0: this episode of why watch That's brought to you by audible.com the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and mp3 player.
1: Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know... Part two, And we are back. You've had time to think, ref. Okay. Who is this actress? Give you know, her her money.
0: Okay, so let me break this down for you because I think I have an idea. Okay. Uh, it's the 80s. Yes, it is. TV show. Yeah. Something where they would end a season
1: mm-hmm. as
0: someone dying, a cliffhanger that's so evening soap operay kind of like that's such a, they yes. don't even do that anymore. It's a woman with some kahunas who says that I'm gonna so she's running things. It has to be like something
1: like Falcon Crest. Uh not Dynasty not the, Dallas. There you go. Dynasty. Dallas? Dynasty. Dynasty. Joan Collins. It has to be Joan Collins. Yes, it is. It, it has to is Joan Collins. Joan
0: Collins.
1: Collins. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is a book. The- <laughs> and today, a Tuesday, May twenty third, is Joan Collins' birthday. We want to wish her a happy oh my birthday.
0: Goodness, happy birthday, Joan! And <laughs> I'll be sure not to tick you off.
1: <laughs> it's also Ryan Coogler's birthday. But look, let's end it here. This is what Joan had to say about Dynasty. She said, okay. "Dynasty was the opportunity to take charge of my career rather than walking around like a library book waiting to be loaned out." Oh, whoa.
0: Well, Madam Joan Collins, happy birthday to you, dear queen.
1: (laughs) Back to Why Watch That.
0: The Why Watch That Talk. You know, it's amazing because TV has had quite a season. (laughs) This season. Yeah. It has um, definitely been some... You know, episode to episode watchers, and then also some event television. But what we've been discussing behind the scenes, listeners, oh, oh. is uh, the critic and I were we were talking about, um, or actually, I was discussing a round table that I was able to watch of Jessica Lange speaking. No, actually, let me take that back. It wasn't a roundtable. It was her just talking about being uh, being Joan Crawford. In the feud mm-hmm. on FX, and she said, You know, when I prepared for the role, I watched my videos, I watched the interviews, I prepared, I read. But when it was time for me to be on set, I had to trust all of that and play the moment. Ah. And listeners, oh my gosh, what a performance. You know, we talked about the feud and how wonderful she is and how we just know she's going to get an Emmy nomination. She just has to because it was one of the greatest performances of this season, in my
1: opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Of many seasons.
0: Of many seasons, but definitely of this season. And so we want to talk about that. Just indulge us a little bit as we talk about some of TV's most wonderful performances of this season.
1: Oh, so, so
0: let's let's start with Jessica Lang. That's I? what I was
1: about to say. You already, you know, you buttered us up.
0: Ah, I like a good butter. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay. So Jessica Lang, as you know, has been around for a while. She started off um, in many things, but we really came to know her on film. Yeah, and she transitioned, and with them in her other Tootsies. Years, in Tootsie, <laughs> of course, that wonderful. She got an Oscar nomination, didn't she? She <laughs> won. Oh, she won that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was and it was one of those it could have been a throwaway. Yeah. It could have been a throwaway, you know, it's it's the girl who falls in love with the guy who sort of falls in love with the girl and she you know, it, it could have been just kind of a throwaway kind of thing, but she had such a tenderness and wonderfulness about it that she brought that same thing that she does to Joan Crawford in feud.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I said it from the beginning <laughs> with, with this performance that you see Joan Crawford and yeah. not not some sort of imitation. You get a four-dimensional woman, <laughs> okay?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Played by a four-dimensional woman, okay? It's not, you know, like some sort of mimicry. And that's the key. This is acting. This is doing your job. And like you said, Ref, It's doing it on a timeline for television. You don't have a lot of time to prepare. How do you do that? And she said it. She said, look, you do your work, but at the end of the day, you get your behind in front of that camera and go. You listen. You breathe. You respond. And you move on. You don't have time to be worried about a bunch of other stuff.
0: Please. She is a master at it. If you listeners have not yet checked out The Feud, please do that you can it's probably still on fx's um app if you go through that and you can maybe catch as much as you can but they're gonna wipe it off and get prepared for that dvd sale so you definitely want to check that out i have to highlight um well actually you go
1: oh oh, well now since we talked about the great jessica lang let's talk about a cast Ooh. Okay, just a full-on cast, and that's the cast of The Americans, which is Uh. nearing the end of its uh, fifth season. And the final season is next year, anyway! So, look, we've... Look, Kerry Russell, Matthew Reese as the leads. Look, the shorthand they have together, I just wonder... We've been talking about this, ref. This show, everybody, it's not really on the page. It's not what they're saying. It's what... They're not saying it's what they're thinking. It's, it's what they think other people are thinking. Yeah. The actors really have to do a lot of subtextual work. Yeah. Yeah. And these people are masters at it. And remember, this is TV. We're talking about TV performances. This is not, okay, we're shooting five pages today. Okay. They're doing a bunch of pages, and the turnover is really quick. They don't have a lot of time with the scripts. So it's just amazing to watch all of them, the guest stars, the kids, whoever it is, just create this sense of dread, even when there's it's fine, uh, presumably.
0: Yeah, I have to highlight um, a particular actor. We talked about him off off uh, line. Mm-hmm. It's Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese plays the male lead in in Americans. And he is not American but he has to play an American which is just brilliant and wonderful and we do know that he and Carrie Russell are in an actual relationship yeah. uh, so like you said there's a lot of shorthand going on but Matthew Reese is one of those actors who literally you know he's good yeah. because like it, it's not even he is that character and he's not he's not an actor like wow he's He's acting. Mm-hmm. He is literally showing up, looking at what's going on, and if a fellow actor makes a... If, if the line is for, you know, <clears throat> the line is, I had to take care of it, and the actor decides to hunch their shoulders, he'll lean in. Yeah. And, be like, well, you know, with his subtext, are you okay? But he doesn't <laughs> say it! Right. It's, it's the little tiny little things where at the beginning of a scene, he'll be, you know, doing, you know, shuffling paper and Carrie uh, Russell's character will walk in and he'll look up at her and then he'll do a double take, like, what's going on? But he doesn't say any of those things. He just is there. And what an
1: exhausting job <laughs> it must me to be present like that. Exactly. And, and, you know, he really does have to take a lot of other people's emotions on the show. Uh, not only Carrie Russell's, but also, you know, uh, Allison Wright's character who gave him a lot of trouble throughout the seasons. So e- each character here, each actor, they fit the role and they just have the thoughts of the characters, like you're saying, Ref, because it's not on the page. Like, they don't say, oh, hey, how are you doing necessarily uh, on the page, but you've got to suggest it. <laughs> With the way you mm-hmm. look and, and breathe and what your body's doing, yes, the American. Wow! Oh, well done, good one. I have to also highlight
0: Tracy Ellis Ross for me this season. She, that poor woman, had to wear. A, we know that Tracy Ellis Ross is not pregnant, but on Blackish, she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and she had to. There's a little video out of her currently of her holding up that belly that she had to wear all season <laughs> long. And remember, Blackish is not a 13 episode show it's a since it's a a, in the 20s
1: episode
0: per season so she had to wear that thing and i tell you you heard me say it before she was doing great detailed work with being pregnant like not just grabbing the back and all of that but even when she was talking in the middle of her line she'd have to drape (laughs) Just like a woman would breathe. (laughs) who's pregnant. It was just wonderful. And then by the time you get to the end, if you haven't seen, we haven't, we we haven't talked about Blackish's, Blackish's, Blackish, the Blackish finale. Yeah. We haven't talked about it yet, but we know that she has the baby. And there is a moment where she, the comedy as Blackish does sometimes, turns into a real genuine almost dramatic tone because something happens during that pregnancy and she weeps and is crying and you know she had to do that scene more than once for coverage and every time you see the different coverage she was there and present that woman to me is just shining and she only gets better she's fine wine
1: that's right and you know you would expect like this kind of thing it's a comedy who's doing all that kind of work she is <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, let's just talk about Homeland, and in particular, oh boy, F. Murray Abraham and Mandy Patinkin—your favorites. If you look, know, if you want to talk about being present, you want to talk about fine wine. If you want to talk about two dudes who can stand toe-to-toe with, toe to uh, toe with Jessica Lange, yikes. Put, let's put the three of them together. <laughs> <laughs> let's have Jessica Lange visit Homeland as some sort of guest star. Yes. <laughs> In the final season, and we'll see what happens. I, we talk about celluloid melting and everything else <laughs> melting. I think that the planet will melt. <laughs> look, we got Manny Pacquiao. Who, if he starts walking, he's going somewhere. I don't know where. With a look, and he's the kind of person. If you're in the subway in New York and he's walking, you would turn around and walk with him. You think there's an emergency? F. Murray Abraham is one of the slyest. I mean with complete love. One of the slimiest characters ever on television. And he's so slimy that you like him. I mean, he (laughs) gets away with stuff and you're like, this is so wrong and you need to be locked up. I mean, (laughs) and these two guys have been doing it for so long. Yeah. It's just natural. They just are there. They're present. That is the key word for this segment. And I wish that more actors of all ages... Would follow their lead, uh, literally, with that walking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to throw in a bonus from Feud as well. Um, I, I have to shout out to Stanley Tucci,
1: who you talked
0: about, slimy. He was the most lovable, slimy character. And what made him present is that he has these zingers in Feud yeah. these real, just chauvinistic stuff that shouldn't come out of anybody's mouth. And he has a way of saying that. That makes you, you know, sort of believe, well, wow, this guy would say that. Those were hard lines to say. So a shout out to Stanley Tucci.
1: Well, we know that Stanley Tucci don't play. Now, who else doesn't play? We're going to wrap it up here. Yeah. Tandy, short for Tandy Way Mutant oh my goodness, she it put her through everything in Westworld <laughs> look <laughs> and, uh, the cast of Westworld, wonderful
0: yeah, absolutely
1: Look, the, they're playing synthetics, all of that Tandy had to play one of them but the thing is, when do you show it, when don't you show it plus the evolution of the drone or the synthetic or the android whatever you want to call them I mean, all of that was in there she, I mean, I think in a way Jessica Lang showed all of those wonderful nuances of her character, Joan Crawford. Tandy Newton, it ain't nuanced necessarily, but she showed all kinds of crazy emotions that any human would go through in the span of like 10 episodes. Every time we saw her, she was having a moment. I don't know, it wasn't in the script, but she was having a moment. When they when she had to go through the flashbacks, we saw it. So I just think that what a bold performance. Because when mm-hmm. we're talking about a, a slight difference here, somebody going for the jugular and keeping you with her. Thank yeah. you.
0: <laughs> well, we want to thank all of these actors and casts for for just just taking us through the season of television we highly anticipate a wonderful uh difficult emmy nomination process this year and we hope that you'll be able to check out these performances if you
1: can and now the pick of the week
0: the Critic is coming at you with the thing of the week. It's Netflix's Sandcastle, which is available for your streaming pleasure. And uh, it's directed by Fernando Combra. It's written by Chris Rosner. Rosner, And it stars a pretty hunky cast, if, you, if I say so myself. See, <laughs> you always got to go there. I know, I know, but it's Nicholas Holt. Oh my goodness, it's Beast himself. Logan Marshall Green, who sort of reminds me of Tom Hardy, I don't know why. Henry Cavill, (laughs) Superman himself, and Glenn Powell. I mean, come on, (laughs) among others. Do tell us, what is this about?
1: Well, it starts at the beginning of the Iraq War in 2003. Uh, Nicholas Holt plays Private Matt Oker. He's a rifleman. He doesn't really want to go. And he tries to get out of it. Okay, I won't tell you how, but he ends up going anyway. All right, so he does not get out of it. And what ends up happening is he's part of a squad that has to repair uh, the water system in Bakuba. All right, Mm -hmm. now. Now this is very dangerous. They don't know who they can trust. You know they really they do have to deal with the locals to get this done. So we see over the course of this project how uh, Matt Oker turns from reluctant or even you know almost forced into being there to someone who finds his brotherhood to someone who mm. actually maybe doesn't even want to leave. At the end of his tour, he gets kicked out, essentially. They say, you are done, goodbye. So that's what this is about. It's, It's about watching his character transform into someone new based on the harrowing experiences he has with his squadron. So Logan Marshall Green plays Staff Sergeant Harper. He's the leader of that platoon. Henry Cavill plays Captain Cyberson who is a part of a different uh, uh, operation, but he's the one that helps them to negotiate this project of uh, repairing this water system and others. So look, everybody, is this going to break the mold, do something new, do something (laughs) astounding when it comes to war films? No, you've seen this kind of thing before. However, as the ref said, it's on Netflix yeah so so this is exactly so this is your kind of thing you just want to see another war movie that's not uh horrible that's actually done in a way where you watch it and go okay i'm getting something out of this i've already paid for my netflix subscription i think that this won't disappoint you it's not going to be in your multiplex it's going to be streaming into your home Ooh, so you can check out sandcastle now